Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're at it again. We've been recording so much. So much. It seems like it's like twice a week, I guess, which is more than we usually do. So we're like, yeah. but we're almost done. The World Cup's almost over. Um, we'll be hopefully back to a more constrained timeline, which is um, insane because I will be honest, it seems like it's both lasted forever and also just started. Yes, I completely I feel like it does always. I think because so many games are packed into the group stage that it feels like such an overload and then like once you get to the knockout stage it just doesn't seem like as many games so it feels like like 10 it's like two weeks of like there's four games every day yeah and then it's like well what do I do now (laughs) yeah it's definitely different um we're gonna start with a couple of like miscellaneous things and then move into obviously the world cup semifinals that happened just uh Tuesday and Wednesday um Firstly, we wanted to note, um, this had like just come out right before we recorded the last podcast and didn't have enough information on it. So we didn't talk about it. And luckily we did it because so much more has happened. Um, yeah, it seems it, we, to be it would some, feel... some drama about Gira, the men's national team. Um, yeah, so this was like first breaking when we were last recording um, and we had decided that we wanted to wait and see if it's st- a stayed in the news cycle and be like, what else, what other info we got before we like talked about it. But I think at this point, like it has become something that we can't sit here and just like, not even mention. <laughs> not talk about. Um, no. <laughs> so like, I don't really feel like we need to recap the situation at hand um, because unless you're living under a rock, you already know about it. Um if you don't, I'm pretty sure you could just Google Gio Reyna and you will find like six breakdowns of what went down. Yes. Um, so, but, you know, long story short, this all started with Greg Berhalter. Now, Our man. who Our man. is most to blame is like a hot topic in people talking about this conversation because basically, like what all the sort of accounts have in common is that Gio Reyna didn't work too hard the first like leading up to the Wales game essentially is what we everything everybody agrees on that right including Gio Reyna (laughs) like Gio Reyna also agrees that yeah um and then that's where things like get a little wonky because or what was done about that and what caused that is what is sort of like a little wonky or sort of just not consistent consistent I I think is the word to use um because basically it goes like this this all starts because Greg Berhalter is at a leadership conference um and is which presumably like lots of people were at, right? Like he's not talking to a reporter, but he's publicly speaking at this leadership conference. And he tells a story about how 
at the World Cup, there was an un, a player who shall remain unnamed who misbehaved and whatever. And we thought about sending him home and we and we put it to a vote and it was voted, you know, 13 to 12 that he was going to stay. Now, everybody immediately went, is he talking about Gio Reyna? Yeah, because obviously- And then a bunch of other reporters went, yes, he is talking about Gio Reyna. I can confirm he is talking about Gio Reyna. And this is where things get hairy because- Greg kind of doesn't say anything else after that. He says this other than, oh no, that was off the record. Shut the fuck up, Greg. Like yeah, you were like, at a conference. Hey, like, what did you expect? And just because you didn't say his name, you don't think everyone knows who you're talking about? Like, yeah. Clearly, so like this is there's really- that. And then there's also the matter of like now everybody is in like and th- that was like basically all the info we had when we last recorded. So yeah. that was like, at that point we were like, well, let's wait and see what happens here. Basically like Berhalter's like, no, no, it wasn't supposed to get out. I wasn't talking about it publicly. It was off the record. Like you don't have to be repeat. You don't have to, just because you're not speaking to a reporter does not mean you are not speaking publicly. Yeah. Like if you're, if you were, it's not, and it's also like, not like he said it to his buddy over beers and like, then it got like his buddy leaked it on the internet. Like, that's not what happened. Like he was speaking in a public setting or at least a semi-public setting. I assume it might've been like a, an invite only leadership of, yeah, event, whatever. I don't, I don't yeah, know I don't the details know. on the event he was at, but he's at an event. Like, it's not like he's like, you know, in the privacy of his home, own home or something like that. So right. that's my opinion on that for the you know, for the first part. And now everybody, most everybody came of the opinion of what the flying fuck is Greg Berhalter doing talking about locker room issues in public? Yeah, like why? Because that's not, that's not a way to keep a trust of a locker room. That's not the way to, you know, keep the trust of a player, even if you don't name the player. Like, you don't talk about internal issues publicly unless the internal issues, unless they weren't internal to begin with. Like if they're internal, you don't talk about them at large. No, So then, absolutely not. So then the next day, uh, Gio Reyna makes a statement on Instagram and he says, here's what happened. Uh, I was told early in camp that I was not going to play a significant role in the World Cup. Before any of the attitude, before any of the attitude, anything like right away, I was told this, this upset me. I didn't react very well. Um, I apologized to the team and to the coaches. Um, and I was told I was forgiven. Um, and I thought that that was the end of it. I'm very confused about why private locker room matters are being spoken about publicly. I think that's ridiculous. I don't understand. I was told this was in-house. I was told by, he said, coach Burhalter has always spoken about these things that they were going to stay in-house. Yeah. And I don't understand why they weren't basically mm-hmm. is his statement. Yeah. Yeah. His statement is not denying that he acted like a little bit of a dick. Um, yeah. His statement is that he apologized for it and was told that it was over and done with. Mm-hmm. Now, 
here's my like main issues with this thing. One, Gio Reyna is 20 years old. Um, and just, Greg just Berhalter 20 as well too. Like, he's barely 20 years old. Yeah. Um, and he has been inexplicably um, told that he's not going to play a role in this world cup, which makes no sense. Which, um, first of all, no basis, no basis at all. Like someone should really, and people are like, Oh, he was why. hurt. He was hurt. He's been hurt. It's he not- played 75 minutes against, against Manchester city in the champions league. Like, I don't want to hear that. He was, he was hurt. Playing, like, shut the fuck up. He was playing full games and starting. He was starting for Dortmund for before the world Cup. like three to four weeks, maybe before and the we world have every Cup. reason. And we have every reason to believe that he busted his ass to get healthy and the, the Dort- and the Dortmund training, like, or like doctors and medical staff also allowed him time like they probably could have played him sooner but they yeah. almost saved him to keep him healthy for the world cup yes and so my biggest issue are one well why was his playing time being limited in the first place that's fucking ridiculous um yes yeah, why was to he told that, that before we even knew how this starting 11 that Burhalter proposed was gonna look like we didn't even know obviously after the Wales game like I thought way and Pulisic both played really well in the Wales game all right fair enough fair enough you know what I mean but like for them to have made the decision like before that even like what that's yeah you're not very clearly looking at talent I don't think if that's the case but yeah so that's silly and then also like basically what Gio Reyna said in the sense that okay He's 20 years old. He got told something he didn't like that didn't make much sense. Um, It pissed him off. He didn't handle it well. Okay. He didn't handle it well. He acted like a dickhead for a couple of days. He got over himself, apologized, and everybody moved on. So I think he has every right to be upset that this is now being because his his you know character and work ethic is now being really publicly questioned yeah it's yeah and that's not fair if he apologized for it owned up to it and is like okay i won't do that again we have every reason to believe he learned his lesson right yeah and like also i mean as like we're both athletes right or we're athletes and for like, especially like, if you're given a re like, if you're not really explicitly told by like your coach or something like, why you're not playing, and there isn't a reason, and like, you kind of have the knowledge of like, I should be playing. You're gonna be upset about it. Like, it's not like an Listen, easy thing to the handle. People who are like, yeah, absolutely. And my biggest thing is the people who are running around on Twitter going, oh, you should never expect to play, have like never been on a team. Like, here's the thing. Yeah, that's not how that works. Everybody knows who the best players are on the team. You know if you're one of the starters. Yeah, and you do. And like, For example, on my travel team, I was the only girl who could cross the ball with her left foot. Therefore, (laughs) I had an expectation that I was going to start at left wing. Yeah. Like it's not because I had a superiority complex. It's because I knew I was the only girl on the team who could cross the ball with her left foot. Right. Like there's nothing else to it. 
and it's not so a therefore bad that was my that starting position no exactly like that's just like it's not it shouldn't I be what, like an like people shouldn't be upset with him for, for being expecting upset to about that and he expecting be, to play i think everyone yeah. expected him like that shouldn't be the oh why are you saying that and clearly he acknowledged the fact that like he didn't like he did not react correctly and honestly what else can you ask from someone like obviously you ask for them not to do it not again to act like that in the same like in the first place but he did and like he probably won't do it again we hope and i think that like now here's and here's the other thing about it too is like Gio Reyna has not had any history whatsoever of this yeah, kind no, of thing. not at all. Exactly, yeah. Um, at Dorman. There were some people running around on Twitter saying he did, like, which is just straight wrong. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I am, not only am I, like, a U.S. Men's National Team fan, like, I'm, I'm a Dortmund supporter. I watch Dortmund all the time. And I, like, pay attention to what's going on in Dortmund news and Dortmund transfers and blah, 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 blah. Of of course I do. There has never, and when there are ongoing behavioral issues, everybody knows about it. Yeah, Um, and it's pretty clear, I think, that, like, the Dortmund teammates, like, they like him. Like, he's best friends with Jude Bellingham. Like, I don't think that, like, if he had an attitude. He is very well liked at Dortmund. He is, yeah. There's no. You could tell that people, like, I didn't really look, but you could kind of see, like, people who, like, commented or something on like the like posts he made and it's pretty clear like the Dortmund players are behind him and I don't think that they necessarily would be if he was an asshole as as their team they probably just wouldn't say anything yeah if he was a dickhead exactly yeah and then also the sporting director of Dortmund made a statement sort of backing Gio up um yeah, so there's it, that too. It definitely does not look good so, for Burhalter, like at all. Basically, like, basically, in what this has just turned into, in my opinion, a further condemnation of Greg Burhalter's ability to manage a locker room, because that is not how you deal with a situation. The situation was dealt with internally. Yeah. Um. And that's that. There really shouldn't be. I I was c- comparing it to, or a couple of people were comparing it to um, the like Weston McKinney COVID bro- protocol breach from, I don't know when that was, like a year and a oh, half ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that was also a disciplinary issue. And Wes actually was sent home from camp. But in that case, that like, I'm time. fine that you. That well, makes- no, no, no. That was talked about publicly because he breached protocol publicly. Right, right. No, everyone knew about it before. Right? That's why that was addressed publicly. It wasn't, it's not like it happened, they dealt with it internally, and then a couple weeks later, they talked about it. They started gossiping about it. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Which is what happened here. And that's why these two situations are different. Also, I I think these two situations are also different in terms of magnitude. Um. (laughs) In the sense that, like, I think breaking COVID protocol is, like, a lot more serious of an infraction than, like, dragging your feet a little bit at practice, um, personally. Yeah. Uh, I would but, agree within, like, the, like, 
bounds of like whenever that happened that was still when we were pretty like well in the pandemic so like it mattered a lot more um anyway point being anyway anyway the point being is greg verhalter needs to not be the coach anymore yeah i think (laughs) and and i'm like because here's the other thing about it. One, I think any trust he had, le- Gio Reyna had left in Greg Berhalter is gone now. Absolutely. Anything that was, I'm not sure how much there was in the first place at this point, but anything that there was left now is gone. Um, yeah. And I would bet that he lost the trust of a number of other guys in that locker room as well with this. Whether or not they like support Gio Reyna, quote unquote, like, there's got to be something in the back of your mind going okay well if I fuck up now like yeah it could end up being I'm also like gonna be a scapegoat yeah I'm also gonna be scapegoated and thrown to the wall I also think it like, like I think that like it's a big issue too just for the team in general because like as we've said Giorena is probably their best player and you don't yeah. want him and the coach going into 2026 being at odds and here's the other and here's the reality of the situation nonetheless i don't think Gio Reyna is a diva however <laughs> even if he was guess fucking what Gio Reyna is the type of player that it don't matter yeah he's, he's good like, like there are other there are actually several players on the french national team that have behavior issues and they get called up again and again because guess what they're too good to leave out. Dembele is like notorious for like staying up until, and I love him, but he's notorious for like staying up until 4 a.m. playing video games. Yeah. This is like a well-known issue of his. But he starts on France because- But he starts on France. So like, and, and at this point, we don't even have, you know, repeated issues with Gio Reyna's behavior. So like- really we need to have a coach that can deal like can have the trust of Gio Reyna specifically specifically and and the other thing the last thing I have to note about this whole thing basically other than the fact that we shouldn't even be talking about this because none of this ever should have been public right but the only other thing I have to say about this is that this is not the first player that uh Greg Berhalter has had like beef with um we've seen that before um i am not very kind or generous to greg berhalter ever so i guess you could take this with a grain of salt but i read his continuous problems with players on his roster as a bit of a greg berhalter's ego problem um which is like not very conducive to a national team coach i think one of the most important things one of the most important um characteristics in a national team coach um there are two really important characteristics, I believe, in a national team coach. One is the ability to man manage um, because you're going to have a lot of guys coming in from a lot of different places and a lot of different personalities who may or may not even like each other, see Belgium and France. Um, <laughs> and you don't really US have time. time. No, that's not a problem the U.S. has, no. but just sort of speaking generally. Yeah. Um, you know, who may or may not even like each other. And you don't really have time to build team chemistry. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to man manage. Um, 
And then the other thing is that you have to be tactically flexible um, in the sense that you have to be able to change tactics from game to game and between game and within games um, because that is is how you win at the international level. Yeah. Um, And I, quite frankly, don't think Greg Berhalter is particularly good at either of those. No, I I would Um, really agree with that. I will give him some credit for recruitment in the sense that he has brought over a handful of guys who are doing dual nationals um, to commit to the U.S. That is true. I will give him credit for that. Um, but Greg Berhalter has long been sort of applauded or the people who defended Greg Berhalter defended him in the sense of, oh, well, you know, he's, he really is good at, at team chemistry. The key, the team really likes each other. Yeah. Like they, they all get along really well. Here's my problem with that. Um, you don't need to like each other to win a world cup. No. France is literally exhibit A. They won the last World Cup. They're in the finals of this spoiler. They're in the finals of this World Cup. And 90% of them fucking hate each other. Yeah. You don't need to like, you you don't need to, people don't need to like each other on the national team. You just need a guy who's going to, you know. You just need someone to bring them together on the pitch, which we didn't say about France. We weren't sure if it was going to happen, but it clearly happened this time around. So like, there you go. And like, because we, we've seen it not work out well, but we've also seen France when they hated each other succeed before. <laughs> like there's, France is very clicky, right? Like yeah. Griezmann and Dembele are buddies, right? And then like Mbappe fucking hates everybody because he's a diva. Um, And like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, like Mbappe and, and, and Benzema like have beef. I know Benzema's not on the World Cup squad, but- and and Pogba like hates everybody. Like you know, like they, they that's why Pogba's like not on the team. <laughs> well, Pogba's injured, but um <laughs> anyway. But and like and you know, like Conte just minds his own goddamn business when he's healthy. Um yeah. Um the moral of the story is that I the mean- moral of the story is the one thing that people were sort of defending Greg Burhalter in looks like it is not even true yeah so let's be done with him let's move on and uh and, get a better coach move on. that sounds yes. fantastic <laughs> um hopefully we're done talking about this because it shouldn't have we shouldn't have been talking about it in the first place so yeah hopefully it sort of just dies down and there's nothing more to talk about but yeah. if there is you know we'll, we'll be talking we'll about talk it talk so. about it um, the only other miscellaneous thing that's still developing and super sad for me um, is that uh, there was uh, like women's champions league group stage games, like last stage um, games today and Arsenal's playing Lyon um, and they did lose, but they are going through their quarterfinals, but um, Viviana Miedema had what people are saying was quite a serious injury. They don't, know exactly what it is yet but her leg had to be very much like stabilized and she was put on a stretcher so a not good for arsenal because beth mead has also torn her acl not great for that relationship couple there anyway side note um b it's seven months away from the world cup and if it's bad that is not good for the netherlands who obviously are you know one of like the expected favorites of that tournament most likely um Mm -hmm. 
So let's hope for the best, but early signs are saying that it's probably not going to be great. So we will, you know, stay in the loop on the updated. Gosh, so many injuries. It's annoying. Very annoying. Yeah. Anyway, Um, uh, that was the quick Arsenal update from me. The quick women's football update, um, generally speaking. Um, Okay. But moving on, we had two World Cup semifinals this week. Semifinals. And we finally know who our final is going to be. I will say Um, it's most likely the final everyone was hoping for. I mean, not like... It's not the final everyone was hoping for. I feel hoping? like everyone was hoping for Portugal, Argentina. Oh, really? At the beginning of it? Huh. Yes. Okay, that's understandable. I think people were thinking that this probably was going to hypothetically uh, A lot of people actually thought it was going to be Brazil, France. That also. Okay, fine. So then maybe my statement is incorrect. However, I think I was thinking that this might be possible, though this is not what I chose in my bracket. But it is France-Argentina. Sorry, I don't even think we said that. Um, let's start with Argentina-Croatia. Um, yeah, um, this is the least stressful game I've seen Argentina play the whole entire World Cup. Yeah, um, we, said, we said the last time that they just looked like they're getting better every single game, and they that, did not disappoint us in this game. On absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest there's sort of three main takeaways I think from this game outside of the Argentina continues to look better every game. Um, one is that I, I feel, I don't know if you, I don't, we haven't discussed this, so I don't know what your feelings are, but I feel like Croatia was just out of gas. Yeah. it. De- I mean, their midfield um, just looked like it wasn't able to. Because yeah, they just, Keep especially after Argentina scored their first goal, like Croatia just did not have the legs yeah. to maintain what they'd been doing all all game yeah. or all um, tournament. tournament. Yeah. Uh, number two is, uh, he's he was already here by my account. Ah, uh, yes. In case you missed it. Julian Alvarez is on the scene, my friends. Uh, two goals from him, and he earned the penalty that was the third goal. I don't know the why goal. there were people thinking um, he wasn't going to be starting on this team because I just assumed that he was, but I obviously wasn't paying enough attention. He has, but he very clearly has taken his place in the starting lineup, and he should not never be leaving it. Yeah, he is, I think, in many ways. And to get into my third point, um, Messi is as Messi does. Yeah. yeah. That third, that third, the third Argentina goal, um, which was Alvarez's second um, and yeah. Messi's assist, was like vintage Messi. Yeah. Um, he essentially dropped the arguably the best defender of the tournament and like turned him in circles. Um, it was a real classic messy run um, shows you he certainly does still got it. Um, yeah. And Alvarez has the killer instinct to just put it away. I was um, talking to my friend about this. Cause she asked me, she like watches soccer, not super like detailed, but she asked me because she knows it read to the 2020, 20, do what I can't speak dates today, the 2014 final. And she was asking mm-hmm. me, she was like, 
well, how do you think the teams shape up? And I was like, like comparably, and I was like, look, I think the people behind Messi today can put the ball in the back of the net. And in 2014, they like, that was the reason why they lost that final against Germany is that he provided the pass and he who must not be named. Yes. Higuain. Yes. (laughs) And amongst others though. And I I was trying to make, but he's the most famous one. That was because that shot was, oh, um, but the point being is, is that I do, I think that the supporting cast is more talented, is more yes. talented and is capable of being what they need to be to make Messi like, I think like, there are, there are two main differences between the 2014 Argentina and uh, 2022 Argentina. One is what you were just talking about in the sense that yes, Aguero was great. I love Aguero. I have nothing but good things to say about Aguero, but everybody outside of Messi and Aguero and Di Maria, um, there wasn't really any attacking firepower in Argentina. Um, And they, and that was obvious in the final in 2014. And I think that is different now. Um, We obviously still have, we obviously don't have Aguero anymore, but um, as Twitter likes to say, Julian Alvarez is very much the Aguero region um, with, (laughs) uh, with shades of like Carlos Tevez. Um, is what everybody likes to say Um, which I think is pretty accurate to be honest Um, and I think what Alvarez does that nobody on previous Argentina uh, teams has done is that he runs his ass off the entire game yeah Um, he's kind of like Bernardo Silva but make it um only make it in the offensive third instead of the middle third yeah yeah. yeah. Um, because he runs around like a maniac and is just in everybody's way and makes it everybody's problem Um, and he high presses by himself if he needs to and he essentially frees up space for Messi to operate underneath of him yeah um because Messi can't run the way that he used to right um because you know he's old i mean old is relative but yeah because he's 35 and he's he can't do what he used to do um but the team has definitely adapted around him so that's one thing the personnel i think the support messi's supporting cast are better than they were in 2014 in my opinion um the other thing i think this team has um is an almost sense of urgency yeah, I um, fully, in the sense of yeah. the way that I put it was Argent- Messi wants to win this so bad for Argentina. Everybody else in Argentina wants to win it so bad for Messi. For Messi. Yeah. And I don't just mean the other players on the I do mean the other players on the team, but I also mean like the whole country. Yeah. And like half too, the world. I also like, think too there's I read an interesting article that was just talking about how this is different than 2014 and how like that relationship is different from Messi and how Messi it was making the point that it seemed like a weight was off Messi's shoulder potentially from the Copa America win but just like yes it looks like he's having fun with this group of players on the pitch yes and it almost allows him to just play and Messi plays his just yeah like, Messi plays his best football great. when he is enjoying himself yes um so and Messi is enjoying himself yeah. and I think Messi has I, I think obviously Messi wants to win this very very badly 
But I feel like in some ways, Messi has made peace with yes. whatever happens. Yeah, I think um, so too. He knows this is her last, his last hurrah. He has done everything in his power to get them to where they are, which is yeah. the final. Yeah. Um, he's going to do everything in his power in the final to get them over the line. Um, and and he's okay but with I that. Think, but I think that he is at a place in his life and his career. And I think he has performed in such a way at this tournament that there's a lot of, a lot of chatter going around right now, pundits, fans, whatever, saying it doesn't matter what happens in the final Messi's already the GOAT. Yeah. Um, which is my opinion. And I believe your opinion as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> and essentially the final, it would only be, you know, another notch in the belt to sort of shut the haters up. Yeah. Essentially. But I think the point is, I think Messi is happy with his legacy already. Yeah. No, I obviously he wants to win the world cup, but I do think he is happy with his legacy already. And therefore it, you're right. It sort of has taken the pressure off a little bit and allowed him to just play. Yeah. And it's, and which perhaps ironically gives them the best shot. (laughs) Yeah. But like, uh, like it kind of feels like that's like, if you said that in any like sporting context, you're like, yeah, like you play the best when you're relaxed and like, yeah, though obviously all these games are high pressure, he's playing so intensely, he is relaxed. And I don't think we've yeah. ever seen that really with him on Argentina, Argentina, ever, yeah, like I agree. really ever. Because the moment he stepped foot on that pitch, like what, like 20 years ago, I don't know, I don't know if it was 20 years ago. Literally, ago, I think. Honestly, could have yeah. been 20 years ago. The immediate comparison was to Maradona and the immediate thing was like, you have to win us a World Cup. Yeah. From the eight, he was 16. Like that was the expectation. And I think finally now he's like, that expectation isn't there anymore because it's not ruling my life. I also think there has some, there's been a shift in the Argentine mindset as well in the sense of the fans, in the sense that you're right. For the longest time, it was like, he's our savior. He's going to bring us a World Cup. Now they don't even want the World Cup for that reason. They want the World Cup for him. Yeah. And I think that's to the team, right? Like this team, like, I, do you remember when they won the Copa America? They all ran yes. to Messi. Like there wasn't yes. like a hesitation. It was like whistle no. blew, Messi like fell down and they all like leapt on. Like they won that for him. They all knew that and they want to win this for him. And I think that that. Yeah. And I think, and I think the Argentine fans in it's in that I think I think also contributes to the pressure in the sense that like it's almost like the only person Messi would be letting down is himself yeah because the country is no longer like he's Maradona come again is no longer like he's gonna save us you know it's we want this for him they don't want it for them they want it for him yeah um and I think that just sort of creates a different, a different sort of energy around this yeah. team. Um, that makes me, God, I want it for him so bad. <laughs> um, well, they will be facing a, I mean, France will be stiff competition. I will say we were time talking about this during the France-Morocco game. I think France does the bare minimum needed in order to win. I feel like they did that um, against England. And, like, Morocco should have scored in that game, and they didn't take advantage, and France 
did with the slim amount of chances they had. Here's here's the situation. Here's how I read that France Morocco game. Um, I thought it was the worst game that France has played in the whole tournament. Yeah, it was um, not good. Mbappe had one moment where I realized he was on the field, and it resulted in a France goal. Yeah, it was good. It, the second it, one. it was it was which was a great moment. Nice. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong, but yeah. that was the only moment he had the whole game. Yeah. Um. And they just like they looked really flat. They didn't look particular outside of the two goals that they scored. They didn't really look dangerous. Um, they looked susceptible at the back. Honestly, it, it, so nothing they, short, yeah. frankly, of kind of a miracle that Morocco didn't score. So um, also, there's the other because, the other concern for France too is there's like some sickness going around their camp. So some of their key players were unable to play. And I'm not saying that like whatever, but they were unable to play in that game. Whether yeah. or not that impacted, who knows? But there's a worry that people will get sick and they won't be able to play in the final. And I mm-hmm. do think that's a worry for France. But yes. granted, I do agree with you whether or not with those players playing. Like, Morocco should feel a little shortchanged because I think they were definitely the better team. Yes, I think Morocco will feel a little bit hard done by the result in the sense that um, they, I'm not quite sure what else they could have done, <laughs> like, to score in that game. I mean, yeah. we had a bicycle hit the hit the post. That, oh. We had some goal line clearances. Like, there were several, there were, like, four or five times in the game where I was like, how did they not score? Yeah. Literally how? Like I, and it, it was, all, they were all those situations, all, almost all the situations were like, that's just bad luck, really. Yeah, it, like, it almost was. Because sometimes you'll see those opportunities where you're like, oh, they miss, like they keep missing. They're on a breakaway and they miss or they just have a bad shot. It was, there were several opportunities, like Moroccan opportunities where you were like, they just can't buy a goal. Like that's, that's, the, it, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Like. I was like, God, like, what else do you want them to do? Like, yeah. And, and they just sort of, so I I think that was, I almost would have rather France just outplay them, you know? Yeah. It would have felt a little bit better. It would have been like, oh, I find it so much harder to take a loss when you don't get supremely outplayed. Um, Yeah. Because then you feel like we'll be upset in the sense of like, they had a very good tournament. No, I think Morocco in a couple months will look back on this and be right. very happy. Right. I think But in right the moment, now, they'll feel like they were like, shit, how did we not They'll feel score? like, how did we not score? Yeah. You know? And I, I think I said this, I, I think I texted it to you. Um, Maybe. But I might have said it to people in the office. I don't remember. Um, but essentially, my thoughts are, if... If France play the way that they played against Morocco, against Argentina, Argentina is going to wipe the floor with them. We would hope. I no, do not, I, I, I don't. I, I do, that's not a. I do that's not, not think that if. that's the France that will show up. In no, the I don't either. I don't either. I do think France will play much better than they have the last two games. But I do think that if the France from the last two games is who shows up to the Argentine, to the game against Argentina. I yeah. don't think they're winning. No, I, 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 like, I yes, I would yes, I agree with that. And that's so are, to they've got to figure like, it out. I feel like they've got to figure it out. And I feel like too, like France definitely, like 
like I, I I don't know I feel like they do the bare minimum I mean they They're, and they barely yes. did anything like right but like they took they capitalized on the like two moments they had and, and they got, got two lucky goals out of it and got lucky that their opponent did not do the same right exactly my point is yeah. Even if they capitalize on moments against Argentina, they Argentina have, is yeah. going to cre- a create more chances, right. um, yeah. and b will also capitalize on their moments. Yeah. So no, I agree. No, I, I mean France exactly. can't. Yeah, can't France is going like to have to. And like no, on- France is not going to skate by. And I feel like in many ways they skated by both their corner final and their semi. Yeah, I was about to say like they are they not going to skate by skate by Argentina lucky in England. A, that was a terrible defensive play to get the second penalty. And it was unlucky. Like, it was luck that Kerry Kane missed the second penalty. And- it was also luck that Mason Mount hit the post. And, like, yeah. you know, like, there were a bunch of other opportunities that yeah, and I mean, Lurice it does played it a really great like, game. It does know? feel like-, like, yes, Lurice has been playing a very good tournament, especially the last two games. That no, is like he's the played the last right side. two games. He made three saves before the last two games. So he's anything. had a good... He wasn't doing anything before then. He's had a lot, a good last two games. I'll give him that. But yeah. But he's like a bright side of the French defense. Yes. It'll be interesting if all their players are healthy. I think their defense will probably look better. Maybe. Well, I, I will I will be interested to see what we see from France on Sunday. Um, because I now, because I really I so badly want one team to win over the other i do not feel confident in any way mm-hmm. um but part of me is like is like argentina just has to win they just have to i think that it's going to be really interesting because in 2018 when they played that was way more of a lopsided game i think in favor of france and it was very close but i think that in that game and france, croatia while they yeah i think france like croatia point to that is that i think that Conte took Messi out of the 2018 game in the World Cup. Yes. And Conte obviously is injured and not on this French team. And I don't think that Griezmann is the person to take Messi out of the game. But I do think that Griezmann can be taken out of the game. And I think that that actually might be amongst everything else. Like if France turns up and plays to their full potential, I think that might be what it boils down to. I here's what I think and maybe this is my bias and optimism but here's what I think (laughs) I feel like if Argentina shows up Messi plays like Messi and Argentina plays like they've been playing if Argentina plays in the final the way that they played in the semi I have a hard time imagining them losing you should knock on some wood right now, but I don't disagree with you. <laughs> like, I don't, but I like, and that's the thing. I don't know that that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they may not you, you play no, the way that they no idea. played, but I have a hard time imagining that the Argentina team that played the game, the way that they played it against Croatia, if they play the same way, I have a hard time imagining them losing. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I think that like, I don't think that's an unusual unusual sentiment, though. All that I ask is that this end in in regular time. 
<laughs> yeah, you might not be able to, you might not survive. I cannot take. I would, yeah. you know what? I would accept an extra time. If it By went to penalties, no, you might. You, you it cannot just... go to penalties. I think I will <laughs> drop dead. I will go drown myself in the 16 inches of snow outside. Like I will go freeze to death. Like I cannot take that. It cannot go to penalties. I can't. I genuinely cannot. So listen, if because if Argentina is going to lose, it better be in the in the run of play. I, they cannot lose in penalties. I literally could not take it. So you just been a uh, repeat of 2014 then. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I think I would just literally drop dead. Listen, listen. If Santa, Santa, if you're real, all I want for Christmas is Argentina to win the World Cup. That's all I want. Well, the first night of Hanukkah is on Sunday, so maybe it'll start <sighs> the miracle of the oil lasting for eight days. Anyway, um... You probably, I do want Argentina. I think that you are way more like Argentina or bust. I on it, I, I, I desire a good game. Like, I think you'd be happy with an Argentina like four nil blowout. Like, I would be delighted in an Argentina. I don't blowout. think I would. I, there's no way they're going to blow France I, out, but I would be delighted in it. I want them to win, but I want this game to be fucking intense. And I don't think that like you probably, obviously, you don't share the same sentiment, but I, I don't know. I feel like a World Cup final should be like that. These are two very good teams, and I want them to put on a show. You know, like I want I'm okay with the like... show as long as Argentina wins. Right. Listen, no, no, no. listen. I, when's yeah. the last time a non-European team won a World Cup? I don't know when Brazil won in 20... 2002? Yes. It's been 20 years. Europe yeah. has had enough. I mean, I fully agree about needing to get rid of European supremacy. We were really rooting for Morocco against their colonizers yesterday. Um, yeah. Again, I want Argentina. I would like it to be a good game. That's all I'm saying. And I think that I if hope they you, do win- Rachel, I hope you're supremely on. Un- I mean this in the nicest possible way. I hope you're supremely unsatisfied with Sunday's game. Why? Because you want it to be a blowout. That's fine. That because fine. that would be the best. That would be the best case scenario for my health. <laughs> like, ah, good soccer game, Katya's health. Ah, I don't know which one. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, I don't want you to have a heart attack. So, fingers crossed. Like, I think you. my if it's a crazy game, I will spend the entire rest of my Sunday waiting for my blood pressure to go down. Yeah. But it'll go down significantly faster if Argentina wins. I actually don't think that's true. You'll just be on a high of excitement, maybe? Yes. Well, these are all hypotheticals. Um, we will probably record, like, right quickly afterward. Probably. Um, get the uh, real emotion. The fresh on- reactions on um on microphone or whatever uh, on audio um but it's been a we also should note that there's a third place game on saturday which is morocco croatia i think third place games are a little bit odd i feel like okay um i understand I, I, I they want to do no, third place I, but i do hope morocco I've... can win that game 
Yeah, I think first pl- third place games are just mean. Um, yeah, like I don't like both these. Like, things, let like, the guys go home and sulk. And now they have to prepare for another game after I, they yeah, lost. Yeah, I feel like, like they rough. also. I feel like they're always a little bit like, oh, um, but hopefully, you know. Come on, Morocco. Like, come on, Morocco is right. Let's just. I think it, I think even though we're like yeah about it, I think it would be significant if Morocco won to place them in third place. Like I do think that's pretty meaningful. Not like fourth is any yes. different, but I think it has a little bit more weight. So it is like either way. Yes. This is the highest an African team has ever finished at the world cup, but like, wouldn't it be nice for it to be third instead of fourth? <laughs> yeah, like, of course it would be. Um, so that happens on Saturday, but obviously everyone's eyes are kind of on Sunday. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern time. 8 a.m. for you. Yep. Um, everyone be in front of a TV. Everyone should be watching. We support you watching it on Telemundo so you don't watch on Fox. But so you don't have to deal with Alexi Lalas. Yes. Um, and Co. And Co. Anyway, um, that's all we have. Clearly, we're we're excited. Um, high anticipation, and hopefully, when we talk to you next, um. Katya is a extremely extremely happy person and so am I though hypothetically we might not both be happy but I think I think we will be I I sure I sure (laughs) hope so we sure hope so anyway with that we will talk to you after the world cup has ended That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.